guys, this is Mackenzie. Hey, this is Owen. Don't forget to like our show and subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. What is one thing that you could do to think, speak, or act kindly today? Go to loveandkindnessproject.org to learn more. On this episode of We Are the ADHD Family, we are diving into a series on ADHD and work. If you want to continue the conversation from the show, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash we are the ADHD family. Or if you're on Spotify, ask the poll question. The episode starts at 1 minute 15 seconds. Or just hit your fast forward button once or twice. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. And in the United States, 1-877-565-8860. You are not alone, and you do not have to be alone. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets. I am married to Siobhan, a parent to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. ADHD problem number one. I had my wedding ring in my box, which is beside me when I go to sleep. It always goes there. I cannot find it now. Why is it the moment that I put it in a different place, I don't know where it is? And it's not like you can get an AirTag for a wedding ring. Well, it's been more than a few minutes since uh, I've posted a uh, episode. And it wasn't exactly on purpose, but... After the conference that we had, the Advocon conference in October, I just needed a break. I thought I could easily recover and turn something around, but nope, that wasn't the case. What I started to work on actually was the ADHD in the Workplace episodes, and I'm two in so far, and it's been very, uh, it's been very interesting to go back and think about the things that I had done in the workplace and see how ADHD sort of affected those things. So my hope is that these all come out like really coherent and you can follow my my ramblings of things that I did and I've described things well enough. That hasn't been uh, always the easiest thing for me to do, but, um, you know, as I said to my wife the other day, I've been getting a lot of comments about how well-spoken I am. And this is going to be an interesting one. I should put this into the work episode because it it has helped me a lot and I've been very purposeful with it. When I said this to my wife, she's like, you should join Toastmasters. And it sort of is on my list to do. But the thing that I realized and what I had to make an intentional habit of doing was I try very hard to speak in short bursts. And even when I'm recording a podcast like this, there's a lot of starting and stopping. So there's not, there is flow, but it's, I mean, you edit things and make things seem seamless and stuff. 
but it takes practice to string all these thoughts together to make sure that you are not getting lost your you know you're not getting lost in your thoughts and you haven't dove head first into the river of you know flow and uh, something else has completely taken over Actually, you know what? Just for fun, let's make this the first work episode. I was actually going to make this episode the the one where I just kind of give you a little update, but let's talk about this flow thing for a second. So let me see if I can expand a little bit on this. If you're wondering if I just leave the microphone running when I record these things, actually I don't. I, I do push the spacebar to stop my recording quite a bit. I've talked about using a Word document or notepad when I make my notes when I write. And I do that for pretty much every setting that there is. If it's, not, uh, if it's not something on the computer, it's on my phone. And if there's a lot of things I need to say, I will, I will kind of write a quick little point form to make sure that I don't forget. So I've got an anchor to something to where um, my working memory is not going to fail me. And this is a big, important topic because when you are like me and you have just a ton of ideas and you see an end result that you cannot that you're trying to communicate to somebody else really the way that i look at it is i look at it as my responsibility to communicate the idea that i'm trying to understand so if someone isn't getting what i'm putting forward or there's some sort of gap there I need to figure out where those gaps are and what's missing. One way that I do that is by not asking the person if that's what they understood, but is there a check or is there some sort of criteria that I can put in place for that person to relay back to me something that I'm looking for? So let's say, for example, we set up a process and you're going to get a box from point A to point B. Instead of just getting the box to point B, there might actually be some sort of detail you need from that. And you might need it for another process down the road. What I like to do is look for a measure or something like that to make sure that even though the box is going to, you know, part B, that I'm actually going to get some sort of data or some sort of piece out of that, something to confirm that the box is actually there. And I think when you break down things to that, things, things in steps like this, in that process way of thinking, you're doing everyone a service because you are, you're setting, you're setting the process up for success is what you're doing. It's not asking the question, can you repeat back to me what I, what I said, you know, what I said and to make sure that you understand it. No, 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 no. That's just condescending and you sound like a jerk, to be honest. Set up those specific measures to see what you can tangibly pull back because it gives you insight into the process that people are going through. So let me loop back around to what I was talking about before. Again, I view it as my responsibility to make sure that this process is being set up the way that it's supposed to be set up. We want to have some sort of measure in place that we know it's actually being done. Not just this 
understanding, which I'm doing understanding in the air quotes again, but uh, I love my quotes, but it's everybody's understanding can be different. But if you base it on something physical or something uh, based on a specific measure, you're giving it something concrete. So the ability to break these things down into steps and to not fall into the, I don't want to say trap. I'm not sure trap is the right word or if it's a fair word, but you don't want to overwhelm the other person with the stream of consciousness thoughts that are going on that may seem completely unrelated to that person, right? You don't want to go there. You want to be able to bring people along on the journey. That's all. That's typically why I call this a process anyways. But again, it takes practice to do this. The one idea I've already given you is, you know, write your points down and then talk about, you know, what it is that you're trying to do. Try to lead someone through those points, make them see it, not make them see, um, but more like guide them through what those points mean and why it's important. Because once you explain that, I think it becomes easier to, to take someone along with you. It's like if you go into a theme park, what's the, f how many people really know what the first ride that they're going to do is actually going to be? You want to take them through your theme park of ideas. I'm going to have to trademark that one. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a really good analogy. Because you are taking someone for, for a ride, for lack of a better term. Uh, you're taking them through a journey. Another struggle that I had to overcome is also being able to take those ideas and pull out my phone or paper or whatever and write them down and feel okay like I'm not interrupting that person when they're talking and I know there is that whole thing that talks about, you know, when you, when you listen to someone, uh, you know, listening with the response in mind, and then you're not in, which is considered not really listening. But I call, this one's hard. This one's really hard. Because in, again, in my brain, there's something that I may have said for at first, and really, I might not have been done that thought, but that person's now speaking, but I still have the other thoughts that I'm trying to point out to prove my initial thought. It's almost like, okay, most of us have played Angry Birds. There, I think it's the blue bird, and I'm going back to like the original Angry Birds, right? Because I don't think the red bird anything, the yellow bird went really fast but then there was the bluebirds the bluebird um when you pull back you could tap the screen and the bird would split into two so imagine you're having a conversation with me and <laughs> can't believe i'm using angry birds as a reference but you sit there you take your little slingshot back you move it over you uh tap the screen and the bird splits into two well the initial launch is just your opening sentence to this person all of a sudden, then, our brains sit there and go, oh, we're going to split into three different birds now <laughs> as soon as you tap the screen. And that tapping the screen could be the equivalent of the other person saying something. 
So you've already got these thoughts in your head. It is really hard to to rein that in. And I do find it a little bit disingenuous when people talk about, you know, you listen, don't listen for the sake of responding, listen for the sake of um of listening. But it's it's not necessarily how everybody's brains work. And just because you think this way doesn't make you any less communicative either. Taking those three blue uh three angry bird bluebird things that I just mentioned and taking that and putting it into your iPhone notes or uh, a Word document as you're talking or something like that, that's really what you're trying to do. And these three points, or four points or five points, whatever, they are important to the original point that you're trying to make and support. So leaving Angry Birds for a few minutes, I also started doing meditation. And, or not meditation, mindfulness don't know if it's really meditation but the two things that i've become to realize is that you've got your thoughts but then you have your side of well what can you do about the thoughts and this takes a it takes a lot of practice it's it's not easy to sit there and slow those things down go adhd i think <laughs> but if you can find a way and maybe that's another tip as well if you can find a way to bring yourself to this center, to this calm, you will start to get, or at least I've started to notice, a bit more control. One thing that I think I'm struggling with, and part of the reason I started the whole um, mindfulness journey was because of I'm exploring uh, my relationship with food right now with a counselor. And I've always loosely said I've got an eating disorder, but I'm not sure, I'm not really sure what to call it. Trying to grasp those concepts and those emotions and separate what is what and why, not the easiest thing to do. And I often refer to myself as, as an addict, at least when it comes to food, because I don't have that middle ground in my brain. There is no, I can have just one or two. It's more like, I'm going to have 20 of those chips. <laughs> or a candy or whatever it is that you're working on. Here is the 20-second kindness break. Mackenzie, when you go back to school, what is one kind act that you want to do? Help my teacher. Owen, when you go back to school, what is one kind act that you can do? Like listening when she's talking. Hi, this is Siobhan from the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. Check out loveandkindnessproject.org and find other ways to carry out kind acts or start a kindness project of your own. So if you have a fantastic idea, instead of blurting it all out, maybe try talking it out loud to yourself first. And, you know, go, go into the boardroom or something like that, or even the bathroom, your car, anywhere. Have a notepad with you, your iPhone with you, and talk to yourself as if you're talking to another person, maybe talk in front of the mirror, if that's something that you like to do. But capture yourself having that conversation and then stopping yourself, pausing yourself when you're done and writing out your notes as you come up with them. Take your idea to your boss or manager, whatever, 
or your coworkers, I think you're going to find yourself to be far more coherent at bringing people along than if then as if you if you were to just blurt everything blurt everything all out. I know this can be a very hard thing for ADHDers to do. There are some of us that are just impulsive and just can't wait, and others, hey, we'll have these ideas bouncing around in our head, ruminating, and that's where they live. The impulsivity in that case is that they're almost intrusive thoughts because the ideas don't stop. And it's becoming it's it's about becoming aware because once you're aware of it, then you can work on trying to find an outlet. But honestly, if you can't find an outlet, that's okay. Tell the other person you're talking to that you may need to talk through this with them. That could also be the role of a mentor as well. Remember, your ideas are valid. We want to validate and promote these ideas as best we can. If you can't find an outlet, it's okay. I don't want you to feel bad. I don't it I don't want you to feel bad that um that you failed 20 times to sit there and try to slow yourself down. It is not going to work every single time. Sure as heck doesn't for me. You know, using the Ned Hallowell Ferrari analogy is I think of our brains, our brains are on this racetrack and we can keep I'm not even sure racetrack's the right word, actually, right, right idea, but the, the Ferrari in our brains is going around this racetrack in our brain, and it's building up all this energy, all this stress, and we are trying to find a way to move this somewhere, to move this kinetic force of thought. And there's another trademark <laughs> phrase for me. Um, to move this kinetic force of thought of all this energy and positivity that's probably behind this idea. And where do you go with that? You know, you could write it down. You could, um, you know, talk to somebody about it. You could record a video on your phone. You need an outlet. It's, it's a, it's a massive help because unless somebody knows the detail to which you're talking about something, and even then you don't want to assume if if you're setting something up like a specific measure to measure something or whatever, um, you don't want to assume that that person is in the same place that you are. You're off in a different place. It's like the it's 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 very much like the joke I I have right for problem solving. You have people who solve the problem and that's perfectly fine. You have people who think outside the box and that's perfectly fine. But then you have people like me who are holding the box that people are trying to think out of. We may not be in the same room <laughs> or any of that as, as everybody else. And I don't think people, you know, when you hear somebody say, oh, that idea came out of left field. Yeah, that's our ADHD brains for you. And you shouldn't feel embarrassed or bad over it. It's absolutely wonderful. Like these ideas are what drive so many different innovations. This is where we live. That is our home. So embrace it and know that you think different than the other person. And there is nothing wrong with, you know, just solving the problem, quite simply. The, the, the pitfall to the little joke that I have is 
you know, we, we may very well overcomplicate something. Sometimes, honestly, you have to overcomplicate it to come down to a simple solution. I hope this has made sense. And I've, I've done this without a script. Um, but I thought it'd be a good way to just talk about how you can slow yourself down, a couple tips and things that you can do, bring people along with you for this ride when you're trying to, to sort through things. I will give another piece of advice that I just realized I, I can give you. If I have an idea for some sort of process or some sort of solution, I may very well build a small prototype first before I implement it. Because I know from my experience and the way that my brain goes, that if I cannot bring somebody along, it does help to have a visual. So if that was building a spreadsheet to automate something in Excel, do it. If that is going onto the whiteboard and drawing out this big, you know, humongous graph or even a small graph, whatever, you know, to draw out the process, do that. There are no rules to conveying your ideas. My caution, my word of caution to you is don't go overboard with it unless you're 99% sure that this is going to take off or that there might be an even bigger picture where you can take this concept and apply it to something else. And really it's the start of working on you know, another, an, another idea that you can see through. So there you have it. I'm going to leave it there. There's my, there's my opening work in ADHD advice for you as far as having more succinct conversations, how to guide your ideas, ways that you can guide your ideas and those kind of practical tips. These are the things that I do every single day. It, it, it has made my life immensely easier. And people are noticing it because, like, I'm not expecting to be told I'm articulate. I sit there and I think back to a time in, in high school when I remember people telling me, we have no idea what you're talking about right now. Yeah, I, now I know why. And just remember, it takes practice. Go slow. Forgive yourself. There is no wrong way. There is no right way. The only way is getting the end result in those measures that you're looking for in that process and having some sort of some sort of balance to make sure that you can do that. I'm not sure how many episodes I'm going to dedicate fully to whole ADHD in the workplace, but I want to start focusing on it because there's a bunch of other things I want to do outside of the podcast that surround this. So wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, be safe. Have a good night, good day, good morning, anything, and more. most important, be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to our show. If you're hearing this message, you've reached the end of the episode, and for that, I want to say thank you. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge. We are the ADHD family. See you soon for a new episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated.